You're listening to Afton Millwall, broadcasting from the beautiful South Birmingham. Except no substitute. Hello dear listeners, welcome to Afton Millwall. My name is Nick Hart. You're listening to some Monday uh, afternoon mundanity, really. <laughs> After that one all draw on Saturday, Millwall won. Preston North End 1, you are listening to the voicemail show. A big thank you to all of our voicemail contributors following uh, Saturday's tasteless, rather rather bland kind of draw in the end. Um, funny funny game in many ways. I think I said on the other show that I left the den feeling like we'd, we'd suffered a defeat when we hadn't. It's a point, a point closer to the magical 50-point survival mark for me, which is probably going to be the aim of the season now, dear listeners. Um, but we do have a, a range of, of uh, voicemails submitted by our, our regular cohort of contributors. Big thank you to everyone for sending stuff in. If you want to join that cohort of contributors, uh, do give me a shout on X. You can di- direct message me your voicemail thoughts after any game. Send them in. Just press the direct message button. And there's a little voice uh, tab in the corner. And, well, basically speak and it will come through to me. Or if you've got my WhatsApp um, number... What's at me, man? You know, I mean, I'm, it's good to hear from you, dear listeners. Always good to hear from you. But before we get into the, the meat of today's sandwich, let's have our regular Pundit Games questions. Questions on this occasion. I've got two for you. Pundit Games is the number one ultimate football quiz trivia game. I know we're past Christmas now, but you've got birthdays and you've got um, social events coming up for the uh, for the season ahead, dear listeners. And there's no better way to um, please the football head in your life by giving him, or her, a a copy of Pundits, which is um, a board game. You score goals against your opponent by answering football trivia questions. And I've given you a little taster so far um, since we we formed our association with Pundits. Every time they sell a game, a donation is made to the, the Lions Food Hub. So it's a fantastic way to help contribute to a fantastic cause. So just to give you a little taste of the kinds of questions you'll face in Pundit, I've got two. One's a football league question, which is, can be quite a tough genre, dear listeners. Anyway, this is a championship player, a championship specialist, as they put it here. The uh, This huge front man was lethal in the air, as Brighton and Crystal Palace fans will testify. He now works as a pundit for Sky and held the record for most championship goals scored in one season during his time at Selhurst Park. This has been since passed by Ivan Tony and Alexander Mitrovic. Um, 30 goals for Crystal Palace, basically scored in 2012-13. Played for Brighton as well, now working as a Sky TV pundit. The second question, and we'll give both of the answers to these, these questions at the end of today's show. The second question, though, is an England Premier League 1990s question. Are you from the 1990s? Are you a 90s kid, dear listener? Um, see if you remember this this question. Uh, a legend on Tyneside, a former captain of the Toon Army, with ten years service to the club. After moving to Newcastle from Charlton, he amassed over three hundred appearances, notching forty four goals throughout his time at St James's Park. He was a member of the PFA Team of the Year ninety five ninety six, and he was also made captain by Kenny Dalglish after Kevin Keegan's shock departure. Um, and incidentally, just for Point of interest. This is the PFA Team of the Year Premier League 95-96. Got David Adam, uh, David James in goal. 
David Adams is. David James in goal. Tony Adams and Hugo Ehiog in the central defensive positions. Gary Neville and Alan Wright on either side. Alan Wright's a bit of a forgotten name, isn't he? Uh, Rude Gullit in midfield alongside Mr. X, the question um, answer today, question mark. Either side of them, David Ginola, Steve Stone. And up front, Les Ferdinand and Alan Shearer. Now I'll make that a decent 11. Um, so, yeah, Charlton player, moved to Newcastle, and huge success up there. We'll give you the answer to both of those questions if you haven't got them already. I bet you have, haven't you? I know you. You've got them already. We'll give you the answers at the end of today's show. So, back to Saturday's one all draw with Preston. Mill lineup, Sarkic in goal. Defence, Joe Bryan, Jake Cooper, Wes Harding, Jeff Tanganga, uh, Billy Mitchell, George Honeyman. Then in front of them, Ryan Longman. Uh, Kevin Nisbet playing in a kind of a wider role than we've seen previously, so whatever level of success you want to pick out. Book Norton Cuffey, and in a more striking central role, Zian Fleming, scorer of that fifth-minute opener that gave us all a, a big boost of optimism, only to be cancelled out by the equaliser, I think, it was in the 33rd minute uh, for Preston. Um, and at times, uh, especially at the end of the first half, the Lions were rather clinging on for grim death, dear listeners. So let's begin... Um, today's array of messages. Let's start off with the, the gap. I've nicked this off of Mill Television. So let's have a quick listen to Joe Edwards' reaction after the full-time Saturday. I think we've a common pattern at the moment is we've been starting well at home and we did exactly that again today. And, you know, for once, got the reward for it early on. Really early goal, so perfect start. Um, you could see early on in the game, they're obviously a team that's had a, been in a bit of a difficult run and they come here quite happy to try and stifle us, to stop any momentum. You know, They would have been watching us at home and seeing how we started the Borough and Leicester games and picking up early speed and momentum in what we were doing and they definitely came to try and kill that. So it looked like a massive positive that we got the first goal. Um, and after that, we again we were pretty settled without without creating loads, which is is clear at the moment. We need when we get in and around the final third, we need we either need to hold the ball up better, or we just need that little bit of creativity and magic on more occasions. Creativity and magic, indeed, Joe. Um, yeah, they're expensive expensive um, properties to find in at Championship level, aren't they? I noticed actually just before I started recording this, dear listeners. Uh, Ipswich have made a move for the, the Wimbledon prospect Al Hamadi, I believe his name is Ali Al Hamadi. Um, I did see him, I went to um, as uh, Aaron's guest season ago. Um, he was playing for AFC Wimbledon in their new stadium, first time I've been over there. Um, and he looked like a decent player, so clearly Ipswich have seen enough in him to make that signing. Um, we are still two days shy of the end of the transfer window so let's wait and see what what moves Mill can make um i did notice of course uh james barrelson was over for the renaming ceremony fantastic work again we'll say it again by the club and by the mill supporters club working with lewisham council and southwark council to rename zampa road into john barrelson way so well done everybody for that but james barrelson was over for that that ceremony and will undoubtedly have been talking to Joe Edwards after the game and the recruitment team about the need to find, um, as, as Joe's put it there, creativity and magic. There was, there was little of that on display on Saturday. It was a, it was a better, in, an improved performance. Let's not get too down in the dumps. And it was a draw um, to arrest a recent um, sliding form after you know some pretty poor performances of late. But it wasn't very inspiring overall. And I must admit, I left the den feeling perhaps unreasonably, if I'm honest with myself, 
unreasonably downbeat because it wasn't that bad a performance, but it just wasn't magical and creative, as Joe's put it there. Any road, let's have a listen now to our first contribution. Let's go with uh, let's go with Lawrence Binney. First up is Lawrence. All right, Nick. Lovely to talk to you again, mate. Um, yeah, just been to uh, Mill One, Preston One, and uh, feel like I should talk on maybe an present and past tense here, and say that when I left the ground, I left the ground actually angry for the first time in in a good while. Um, not frustrated, not sad, not disappointed, uh, not even resigned. Angry, because I feel like. Uh, Preston were there for the, for the beating today, and uh, we were not uh, we were not on it. We, uh, you know, I think I feel like the application was there, but the quality certain wasn't. It certainly wasn't. Um, so th- those opening thirty minutes, not quite as fluent as uh, Borough, for example. Um, but we, you know, completely controlled the game, and we didn't look in any danger. Um, and there's that man, I think, along with Kevin Nisbet, who is the talk of the talk of the town, for maybe all the wrong reasons at the moment. Um, completely, uh, completely abdicated his post, and uh, they're not they're, they're actually, you know, not not even a winger, uh, midfielder Brad Potts, who is not renowned for his goal scoring, has uh, all the uh, all the freedom of South London to drill that across goal when um, maybe it goes in with a, a contribution from one of our players, but it's, it's probably his goal. Um, I think what really angers me here, aside from the individual errors, which I, I feel like is Joe Bryan's responsibility, the defence's uh, collective responsibility, but also like some of Joe Edwards' you know, responsibility. Um, for all of Murray Wallace's faults, he is in position most of the time. Yeah, he gets skinned quite a lot by pacing wingers, but I didn't see that Preston had any any sort of presence down that right, which would have uh, caused him any problems. And yet we have uh, we have Joe Bryan out out of position, and suddenly we're one-one when we've been controlling the game. And I think what really angers me, aside from that, is our response to the goal, um, where we lose composure. Um, and I think part of the problem here is that we don't have any leaders in the team at the moment, um, or maybe maybe we have leaders, but leaders who don't uh, aren't sort of meeting the task, um, and that's that's you know that, that's very disappointing. We had a midfield two of George Honeyman and, and Billy Mitchell, who I feel like have their own qualities but are not. Well, not certainly ball movers and ball carriers in the way that I feel like when Casper Denor came on today really showed us what we were missing. Um, a pre- calm presence on the ball um, gave us that control that we needed. Um, yeah, so that's... Yeah, that makes me angry. It makes me angry that our heads dropped after the goal, which I feel like is something this team really, really needs to learn to deal with. Um, I know there's a lot of chopping and changing, so it's not the same starting lineup every week. But we we do need to learn how to react um, in the face of adversity. Um, there's a famous Carlo Ancelotti quote, I think, where he says, "You know, to win, you need to suffer." Um, it's a very Italian mentality, I think. 
a very defensive one. I think it's true, you know, in games you are going to suffer, you're going to have periods where you don't have control. And it really is how you deal with that. And um, I feel like when we suffer at the moment, we really suffer. Um, and we don't look like bouncing back unless there's a, a wholesale change, you know, either a half time or, or maybe lots of subs. And that's something we've got to deal with. Um, a lot of people are going to talk about ref today, um, who I feel like was certainly a bit of a job's worth. Um, and maybe let some things go that we aren't happy with. But I'm, if I'm being honest, most of the decisions our players aren't complaining about. The ones that the crowd are getting really angry about, players aren't complaining. Um, so I feel like the crowd are maybe using ref a little bit as a, I don't know, as, as a fallback here to to divert their anger away, you know, from what really matters, which is maybe some kind of uh, like a, a lack of cohesion in, in, in the team at the moment. That's to be expected, you know, new manager, um, with some players coming back. Um, we don't know what our strongest first 11 is yet, but I assume that the side we started, uh, we finished with rather, um, is probably our strongest 11. Um, Kevin Nisbet, again, I, t- I, he, <laughs> I feel sorry for the bloke, honestly. Like, we, we don't really have much up front, um, and he, he's got to start Kevin because, you know, Michael Oberfemi is not fit yet. Um, but he, yeah, he's he's really finding it difficult at the moment. I felt like actually he did look a little bit better than he did against QPR um, and recently against uh, Borough um, uh, and, and Leicester. But he's he's still not showing enough for me, and he sh- he should have been subbed off earlier. Um, Fleming again, I feel like you know uh, he's maybe showing one good game every three at the moment, which I feel like is an improvement from early in the season. I feel like he had a good game today. I don't think he deserved the man of the match. I would have definitely given that to Brick Norton Cuffey, who is our best player and should should definitely win our player of the year. Um, but yeah, yeah, should have should have got the three points. Preston were a poor side. But you know, give them credit. They, you know, they're very negative, but they did defend well. We didn't really have an answer to that. So um, yeah, it's it's a non-linear progression, isn't it? You know, um, we could have easily lost it at the end. We didn't. We got the draw. But yeah, improvements to be made. All right, cheers, Nick. Thank you. Big thank you, Lawrence. Incidentally, listeners, I love a quote, and anyone that wants to ring in with a message quoting a football intellectual perhaps Carlo Ancelotti is going to go down the storm with me so just a little word to the wise there so a big thank you for Lawrence for uh, pandering to my my intellectual um, you know pretensions there um, yeah the Kevin Nisbet question um, I, I felt sorry for him on Saturday Lawrence to be honest because I do think he's he's an okay finisher I think he's a decent player but I think he's probably best suited he would have been suited to the Neil Harris big man small man format you know the, the, the Steve Morrison and maybe Kevin Nisbet if that had still been or some figure like that um he doesn't really fit into the being the the sole point of attack when we saw a little bit of Michael Oberfemi the new signing loan signing I should say um towards the end of the game the pace was evident and his his footballing um nous was evident in a way that uh, we've just not seen from Kevin Nisbet. He had a chance, um, well, two things. He had a chance where he was almost like back to goal and he was trying to hook it from uh, the wrong way round, so to speak, in the second half. And that went wide. as was unlucky there. 
Um, but another incident, I mentioned this on the other show, um, where Brooke Norton Cuffey, who you, you rightly point out plays well, uh, Lawrence, put a really, really dangerous ball into the six-yard box, and you wanted Kevin Nisbet to be following in on that, to be a, a couple of yards forward, um, and he was just out of it, and it, was, it skidded across the six-yard box with no one in attendance. And unfortunately, football's a ruthless business, and although... I do think there's there's a player in Kevin Nisbet. I can see how the um, the lack of confidence is going to weigh him down because he must know he doesn't really fit into Joe Edwards's style of football, and I think that must be a gnawing, um, you know, drag on it, on his confidence. A lot of good stuff in that that message there from Lawrence. A big thank you, mate. I appreciate that one. Let's have a listen there to John Rankin. Have a listen to, to John's message. Hi, listeners. Hi, Nick. John Rankin just calling in um, after the 1-1 draw at the den against Preston North End. Uh, my sort of reaction to the game is uh, very much like Middlesbrough, really, although we didn't get beat. <laughs> we drew one all. But the first period of the game, I was very impressed. Um, we, um, I was impressed with the new signing, uh, Tanganga, um, because he picked the ball up and he pushed into space, which I like to see defenders do rather than our existing defenders who kind of go forward a bit and then want to get shot of the ball completely, he ran with the ball and occupied the space over the halfway line, found Brooke Norton Cuffey, um, who crossed it in for uh, Zian Flemington, nodding a beautiful header. And we played really well. He was playing good football, possession-based football, playing well, and scored a lovely goal. And then, you know, I was reflecting... When I went down to get a cup of tea at half-time, I thought, our goals have to be really hard worked for and the goals we let in are just given away. You know, we, we, we work our bollocks off to try and get something out of a game and then we just give away weak goals. And again, <clears throat> I'm not going to call any players out because I got a bit fed up last week with myself, sort of, you know, being negative and saying it was a shit show and, you know, what, what a bunch of cunts and all this. Uh, you know, I thought, well, you know, let's not go down that avenue. It's it's not good for not good for me health. <laughs> it's not good for anyone, really, to really sort of lay into people. But, look, down that left-hand side, we seem to have a problem <clears throat> defensively. Um, and they had a problem down their left-hand side. It's funny, really. Is there something about left-footed full-backs and left-footed wing-backs uh, where they're a scarce commodity? But with our defence, we, you know, I don't hear that strong voice marshalling people, and a leader has got to emerge soon. I don't. It's going to be Big Jake. <clears throat> I think he's, you know, he's a he's a totemic player for us. Um, he's got a good reputation with other clubs, and he's a good club servant. But it's got to be someone. You know, we need a terrier um, in there. Um, maybe one of the CDMs who's playing very deep, Ryan Leonard, I don't know. But someone's got to take charge and just make sure that we're standing men up, you know, and we're men marking and not ball watching. Um, and then when it comes to the one-on-one challenge, that's when you watch the ball and, and you know, and, and, and you put your foot in. The second half came round. So, obviously, we gave away that first goal. The second half came round and... We start reverting to norm, really, not winning the second ball, not challenging, being knocked off the ball. And it became a painful watch. And I think that despite all of our huffing and puffing, um, I couldn't see it, but I'm being told that they could have nicked it right at the last minute. And, you know, how many times have I said to my son, how many times have we sat in a cold blow lane and 
watching it. We can't really see what's going down there that well. And all of a sudden, the opposition crowd go up and, you know, 93rd minute, um, we, uh, we we take a sucker punch. So that didn't happen. We came away one all. It's a work in progress. Um, you know, uh, I've got to say, well, <clears throat> the referee was absolutely appalling today. Um, there's an old saying in football, you don't notice the best referees. And I certainly noticed him. It was all about him, wasn't it? You know, little showboating twat. Total cunt, really, to be honest with you. He wanted to give us nothing. And um, I thought the crowd played well. You know, we, we, we got behind the, the club, got behind the team. Uh, we went to the John Berylson unveiling before the game. That was a nice thing to to see and, and bear witness to. And what can you say? You know, it's Millwall, right? Um, we, we are what we are and we do what we do. I think there's potential there. Uh, obviously, QPR was a shower of shit and uh, one to be forgotten about. But, you know, we've just got to try and get more than a 20-minute performance out of players. We've got to get a bit of mental toughness. And what we've got to do is get a bit of resilience because we seem to, as soon as we let a goal in, our heads drop. And, you know, we, hey, come on, you know, we've got to start sorting that out because um, it's all about taking the punches in life, isn't it, and moving through and, and keeping going. So, anyway, wish you all the best. Have a nice weekend. Come on, you Lions. Terrific stuff by John there. Yeah, I, the leadership issue, I think, for me, is tied in with the abilities of of the players that we have. Um you know, this is not a squad, I think, that Joe Edwards um, would pick. Um, he's, he's stuck with it for the moment, to some extent. We're trying to make changes, albeit on a temporary basis, by exploiting the loan market. So we're bringing in higher quality players and we certainly could expect to afford, ordinarily. Um, but they are obviously short-term, um, you know, get-out-of-jail-free cars. So hence uh, Michael Oberfermi and Tanganga, who I was always also impressed with, especially with that run forwards for that really quite terrific goal that we scored to open proceedings I must admit I thought we were in for a, a bit of a treat on, on Saturday a very welcome treat it would have been but it was a good run forwards that created the situation that enabled Brooke Norton Cuffer who we've mentioned already to combine with George Honeyman who's a decent player and there's a great cross a danger cross the kind of cross we don't see too much of and getting forward for a change we had men in the box this time Zian Fleming who buried it um, with authority from close range and it was a really nice start to the game and I thought here we go we're going to be on for um, you know as I said a, a, a bit of a you know a field day but we do fade as as John says and I think the problem really is um, if it's a problem that Joe Edwards's bar is being set quite high he's come from an environment with Chelsea and uh, Everton and, and also the English national side where he's playing with high quality players and you know, played at his very best. The style that he's aiming for um, has to be sustained over ninety. You can probably only do that with top draw players. Um, and we're asking, um, you know, kind of, uh, we're asking second-hand vehicles bought from uh, from a dealer on the back streets to compete in a Formula One race. Really, I suppose that's. I don't know if that's a, a decent analogy, but um, it's it's hard to keep the keep the engine running for 90 minutes I think that's the origin of this fading business that can only be solved by making adjustments to the squad that will take time um, we have to get to the safety point for the season 
and then we can start to see perhaps what changes can be made in terms of youth players coming through and then whatever magic can be woven across the, the summertime and begin the process. And I think it will be probably a slowish process of building a squad capable of playing possession football that can switch on the pace at the point of attack when needed. The side that we've got at the moment are a bit of a mix and match. Um, we've mentioned um, Joe Bryan and the weaknesses, defensive weaknesses across the left. We saw that Saturday with the with the um, easy easy goal really conceded, as John says. Um, I imagine that we'll be looking for changes in those kinds of areas. <laughs> uh, Murray Wallace is great in his way, but um, I probably would be picking him to be honest because I'm not sure we're getting that much more from Joe Bryan going forwards and we would get with dear old Murray. Certainly Murray would give you more of a solid defensive presence. Um, yeah, leadership. I don't, Jake, I think, is a lovely bloke from what I've, little I know of him. I don't know him at all. But, you know, I've seen the stuff on the on the club's TV channel. He seems like a very decent boy. Um, whether he's a leader or the kind of bastard that you need sometimes to drive things on is, is another question. That's going to be something that we find somewhere along the line or we won't in which case failure will beckon um but yeah great stuff there by by john Rankin. big thank you there mate let's have a listen now to to big paul something to big paul hello nick mate how you doing it's been a while um yeah uh i'm starting to think now as the games have gone on the jury's out for me a little bit with joe edwards uh, i might get fucking pelters for saying this but i don't really give a fuck to be honest uh, I think he's a little bit, maybe a bit out of his depth with some things. Very good coach, but is he a good manager? I don't know. It's one of them, mate, you know, he talks a good fight, you know. But really, mate, you know what? I'm a firm believer, actions speak louder than words, you know. Um, and we need points. We, we need to start winning games, you know what I mean? So, yeah, we've got some loans in. Looks good. I don't know if that's Joe or that's Aldo, uh, Aldo, whatever his name is. Uh, but, um, yeah, I can see what he's trying to do. Yeah, it's great. You look for, for the first, same as the Middlesbrough game, the first 20 minutes looks, oh, mate, we look amazing. The crowd's going. And then all of a sudden, it's like we forget everything we've we've been told. They've been told, they've, you know. And listen, if you're explaining things to players that maybe just ain't good enough, do you know what I mean? smart enough then yeah all right that's the thing but when you you've got to know your room in you really you've got to say right okay maybe they're not good enough for that do you know what i mean it's like trying to get listen you ain't going to get lads down the fucking georgian dragon pub to start playing like brazil are you let's be honest let's get them doing what they can do so maybe he needs to acknowledge that see who can play what because i don't think it's working like i said the jury's out for me talks well yeah oh great do you know what i mean each week, yeah, we can do better, we should do better. Yeah, really, mate, we need to stop winning games at the end of the day. Anyway, onwards and upwards, coming you lions and all that. Oh, <sighs> mate, I'm fed up with watching that shit. <sighs> Cheers, Paul. Um, yeah, I, I, I hear you, mate, I hear you. I, I mean, I don't really have an answer to the question that you're posing there, essentially, which is, is Joe Edwards good enough? We None of us really know the answer to that question. And... Paul makes a good point that there's there's coaching, which is one thing, isn't there? Improving a player in on the privacy of the uh, the training ground and one to one and in the gym and all that kind of stuff. That's one thing. Then there's match day management, which is a different ball game. I mean, how many 
um, you know, how many great managers wouldn't necessarily be great coaches. I, I, I don't know um, because there's a motivational aspect to it, and there's there's a there's a calling decisions in in game time. I mean, I was I was surprised if I'm going to be upfront with everyone listening, not to see Casper Denor and and Jules Savile starting. I, I, I'm if they're fit enough to sit on the bench, they've got to be fit enough to at least start the first half and get us a, a little slice into the second before maybe then you might have to switch to Billy and if if, if one or other's pulling you know pulling out the short or whatever. Um, but the creativity that we we, we badly missed um, was was you know was was sitting on the bench. So that surprised me. Um, I don't. What's he like as a person? One to one. I don't know. I don't think anyone knows, do they? Um, you know, this is the kind of thing that can um, transform a football manager's career to be a good man manager. I mean, look at the likes of Neil Warnock, for example. Um, how good a coach is Warnock and how good a motivator. He, he seems to be a brilliant motivator. Um, I understand what you're saying, Paul. I, myself, and this is pure personal uh, opinion, um, I think you, you hit the nail on the head with asking the dog and duck to start playing, you know, Dutch technical football or whatever, the, you know, whatever way, whichever analogy you want to use. So I, I get what you're saying. And I, I don't think the current squad is truly capable of sustaining a 90-minute performance of that kind of style. So um, it may well be that um, we have to um, tailor the approach until certainly we get safe in the, in the championship and then we can start to perhaps experiment a little bit more. But that's, that's my view. Um, I do I do approve of what he's trying to do. I think if you know if if you step back and say what kind of football would you want to watch, and traditional mill football has always been um, perhaps more basic, I suppose. I don't know. Um, I like watching decent football, and we're aiming to play decent football. We do need more players that can do it. Um, we don't really have enough at the moment, and that's where we're falling short. Um, we're not in any immediate danger. Just looking at the the, the table as as um, Paul was speaking there. Obviously, that was a point closer to the the, the mystical fifty point mark. No one actually says that you're safe at fifty, but in generally you speaking, you are. So we've seventeen more points. So you know we need to scratch a few more wins out from the season somehow. Um, and let's see what let's see what changes come from the remainder of the of the transfer window because I think all the issues you've touched on there, Paul will be helped, won't be solved, but will be helped by someone that can put the ball in the back of the net more often than what we're seeing at the moment. Let's see. Okay, big thank you, Paul. Let's go on now to Australia. Let's go to sunny Perth with Dave Baccarini. Nick, Dave here from sunny Perth in Australia, the most isolated city in the world. Oh, that's what the tourism brochures say. Anything. More on to more important matters and the Preston game. Four points to make. First one is to do with Joe Edwards' team selection. I, I left a, my message last week saying I was disappointed that Joe didn't change the team at half-time against QPR and we played an unchanged poor performance in the second half. So when I saw the team selection for the Preston game, it was basically unchanged. Tanganga obviously in for Danny and Long went in for the injured Watmore, but really, I would have liked to see more changes, particularly in midfield, but we'll come on to that. Point number two is about our defence. The last four games, we've let in silly goals. Bryant was at fault, as he has been in previous games, of being far too forward 
when we had the ball in our final third and the misplaced by Tanganga and the goal was scored by their right wing-back, Potts. Surely Bryant should have been tracking him. Still on the idea of um, the poor defence, our good run of no goals in four was built on a strong defence. But the last four, we've let in nine goals and many of them unavoidable. I really think we should be dropping Bryant for um, Murray Wallace in the, next, in the games in February, which I'll come on to. Point three, the games in February. Look at this. We're away to Hull, Coventry, Southampton. Any points there? And we're at home to Sheffield Wednesday and Ipswich. I think we're going to be lucky to get four points out of all of that. So only getting one point in the last two games, one point in six against QPR and Preston, I think we're going to look at that as a serious missed opportunity. Again, we're going to need a strong defence against his tough February fixtures. Drop bribe. And point four, I've been fairly negative so far for us optimistic Aussies. So point four is some of the players who played really well yesterday. I thought Sav and especially Dinor looked really good in midfield. SA actually looked quite solid given 45 minutes and I'd have him off from the start next week. And Fleming had probably one of his best games. So, um, some good, some bad. Come on, you lions. Cheers, Dave, and happy Australia Day for last week, mate. Um, yeah, um, Joe Bryan, Joe Bryan. Um, he's been mentioned a few times across this show, and um, I'm with you, to be honest. I, w- I would have played Murray Saturday, to be honest, because the, the performance of Joe Bryan at, at QPR was, um, was, wasn't good, was it? And... Um, we are shipping a lot of goals, and we do need to find some points from somewhere. I mean, you know, I keep talking about this 50-point mark. Um, we're not far short of it, but that means we've got to concede less goals than we the uh, we score. We don't score many, do we, dear listeners? So um, I think Wallace would probably, in my world, I'm with you, Dave, uh, uh, come in for Brian. Um, we do have some tough fixtures, Hull and Coventry. And the Coventry's a morning kickoff. That's a TV game, so that's going to be a tough one. Uh, Southampton away is not going to be easy either so we've got to find some some steel from somewhere um, and we've got to try and reduce the defensive mishaps from, from some method or not, I don't know I'm looking at the injury lists and the returning um, possibilities in in, um, in in February the uh, News at Den had a list of, of returning players I think uh, there we are, I found it so Sean Hutchinson is is back mid February potentially, Ryan Leonard um, maybe what uh, mid Feb, uh, Imarku would be a useful addition. He's looking at the Coventry game, so that would be a useful game to target. And also Tom Bradshaw. So I'm hoping that our squad will find a little bit more strength as, as if you know if they're not 100% at least to come off the bench for periods. Um, make you right about Savon Denor and the the team that closed out the half, Dave. I thought. Saturday was looking a much better prospect and um, I'm hoping we're going to see some of those players starting at Hull City on Saturday. But a big thank you to, to Dave. All the way from Perth, the most isolated city in the world. It's supposed to be, isn't it? It's supposed to be a long way from anywhere in Perth. Um, let's have a listen now to Matt Richards and then Matt Webb. We have the two. I always seem to put the two mats together, don't I? I've got to break that habit, but not this week, listeners. Matt Richards, then straight after him, Matt Webb. Hi Nick, Matt Richards, driving back 
after the game. Um, disappointed with a point. Um, we were by far the better team. It wasn't a great performance. Um, but definitely that second half, we were all over them. And in that possession, we had, you know, we probably should have created more clear cut chances or taken some chances. Um, so that's, that's disappointing, really. Um, I think first half performance was just, just poor. I thought for the, definitely the last 20 minutes. Um, first goal, good start. Um, you know, happy with that. You think, well, come in, let's push on. But then it started feeling a bit like the Borough game where suddenly we let them back in, um, you know, defensive mistakes. And there was another defensive mistake, again, from Joe Bryan, who just, well, I, I, I'm, it's wrong to put blame just on one player, but, you know, you've got a player there who's playing left wing back. You just can't get back. If he's if he's over the, other, the halfway line, he just can't get back. And he, he just, it, it's, it almost seems as if he's not even trying, he's just jogging back and... I'm sure he is trying, or maybe, well, yeah, I'm sure he is. But it's just not good enough, really. And we've been caught back down the left too many times. And after that, we just lost our heads in the first half. And we were lucky to come in one all, really. Um, and, yeah, chat, chat, actually, chatting to um, Joe Zampa and Chris Chaps at uh, half-time from that Millwall pod. And, um, yeah, we're kind of agreeing, really, needed to be changes. Um and, you know, it was, it was, I suppose Longman was injured anyway, so probably less of a tactical change. But good to see Romain Essay coming on. Um, bit surprised he came on, really, but I think it was, it was great to see him because, you know, like most people want to see, you know, give him more time, give him give him a chance. I thought he did OK. And then I think with Savile and Denor coming on as well made a big difference. Honeyman's done really well, and Billy's been doing OK, but... You know, they've got, well, definitely Denor. Denor is by far our best midfield player. He's got the touch, the control, um, the calmness. And, he, and he'll, he'll play your first-time ball when we haven't got any other midfielders like him. If, if we're going to play possession-based football, we need to have him in the centre of the pitch. Otherwise, you know, I don't know what's going on. Betty Mitch, Honeyman, they can scrap, they can bite, but he's got he's got the class in the middle. So I think that helped us say, so I don't think we, it, was a, it was an amazing performance. Um, there's a couple of scrambles off the line, weren't there, from corners and uh, Sav had a shot, Fleming had a shot. Um, there's a couple of balls over. I think Nisbet could have gambled on that ball, which Norton Cuffey flashed over. Lots of ifs and buts and maybes. More like a workman-like performance, really, second half. Definitely by far the most dominant, you know, we we're dominating the game, which makes it disappointing, really. You know, we, we that to me felt like a a two-one win to us, really. Um, I know they had a chance towards the end, but they didn't really they didn't really do much. So I'm feeling quite positive. It's good to see Tanganga come in. Um, I thought we did okay. I know he gave the ball away um, for the goal, but you can see he's got a bit of class there. He's got the mobility to run up and down. That's good, and it's good to see Obafemi coming in as well. So I think there's there's positives to take forward. We've got a couple of tricky games now. Um, but if we can get all the players fit, match fit, play the right team, um, Obafemi, if, if he can get back to match fitness as well, you know, it's, the, the team's looking stronger. 
and you know that's what we want. We just don't want to, you know, we want a bit of mid-table mediocre, mediocrity this season. We'll do us nicely, get us nicely poised for a summer transfer window, for Joe to get some more players in, use his contacts, find up Jose, Thomas Tuchel, all of them, and um, and then we look ahead with more positivity to next season. But yeah, that was better today. Um, so we'll take it forward to the next game. Cheers, Nick. Afternoon, Nick. Matt Webb here on my Sunday walk with the dog, giving you my Sunday thoughts on the game. And I'm be totally honest with you, I was not happy with the fact that we've only got a point out of that game. We, we've got a heavy run of fixtures coming up in the month of February, and they are minging. Okay, there's a word for you, minging. We have got, we are going to struggle to, in my opinion, get some points from uh, February with, with some of the games that we've got. And t- yesterday, for example, was an opportunity to like give ourselves a little bit of uh, space between the, uh, the lot down at the bottom and cement ourselves morely in the mid-table uh, area. I can, however, on a balanced and positive side of things, I still can see the transition and I can see the players now that Joe Edwards wants to play and how he wants to play. I think Millwall at the moment are roughly about 50-50 in terms of the starting 11 playing the way that he wants and the players that play like the old regime. What I mean is quick on the ball, aggressive, can play football on the feet, touch is good, and a willingness to drive and just uh, pass their way through, build up possessional. Not saying that the other 50% of the old regime played badly. However, they're just not as quick as what Joe wants. Okay, and and I do mean that sincerely. So there's no dig at the players through our mindset of the old regime, but they need to speed up their process I think in the uh, in their skill and the decision making and how they play on to the game um, great I'm good I'm glad to see Fleming get a good goal he loves scoring against Preston and maybe that's the reason why he might want to go to Burnley or Burnley went in after him because he knows how to uh, wind up the Preston faithful I've got a couple of players that I just want to point out. One of them is Kevin Nisbet. Now, I've said that I like Nisbet and I still think he's a good player. And, but he needs to, I think, needs to adapt to the championship's pace quicker than what he is at the moment. And I mean that in the all due respect for Scottish Premiership football, so apologies to any Scottish uh, listeners out there. It's not the pace of the championship. And... You can score a, uh, a fair few goals during the uh, in the cha- in the Scottish Prem, but you need to come down to the Championship and adapt quickly so that you're up to speed. That will take time. Also, you've got to think about relocation and settling, etc., etc. So I do get that. But now it's the second half of the season, and we should be seeing that more. He's got he's got this opportunity where strikers are out injured. And he's got someone now in Obafemi who is a class, classier player than him, better player than him. So he's got a chance to shine now. 
So it's make or break for uh, Kevin Nisbet. There was a chance in the second half where Norton Cuffey put a lovely crossfield ball in right on the edge of the six yard box. That's bread and butter. That's a dream for a striker to tap that in, but wasn't now. And that's where likes of Bradshaw would have been. And you know what? That's, that's his part of his game that he needs to really play. But then he plays, he played on the left side of the three in the first half, I felt. And I did okay. He linked up well, but he needs to put the ball in the back of the net. That's his job, Rob. Second player I want just to point out is, uh, is Joe Bryan. Now, again, the goal came down the left-hand side and there was a second goal opportunity where, again, Potts outpaced him. And if it weren't for Sarkic spreading himself, making himself big, made a good save, could have been 2-1. Now, like most fans, I think, of the club, when we signed Joe Bryan, it was like a very good signing. Uh, and, you know, we was really pleased for it. And we apparently we beat off some competition. But when you look at it from a from a, a sort of like a wider perspective, was that he was good in a Fulham team where you would say 75% of Fulham's play in the championship was attacking, 25 was defending. So it was all attack. And we were on the, uh, <laughs> it was on a few results uh, that season, or a, couple, or a couple of seasons when we had Fulham, where you can exactly see that. So attacking wise, yes, Joe Bryan is a good player. But then he never got a look in at Fulham when they went to the Premier League. Why is that? Because Fulham would have had to change their philosophy of not 75% attacking, probably more 40% attacking, more defending. And they could see that Joe Bryan was the player that could defend. And I think that's where, again, he needs to adapt his game so that he can be more 50% defending now. 50-50 with Millwall, because we're not, we're not all out attack. We are defending still. We are still a, a, a mediocre slash small, small, literally under mediocre team in the championship, especially with some of the teams we've got in there now, and budgets especially. So I think he just needs to, again, needs to be coached okay we've got defensive coaches so he needs to be coached how to defend because at the moment i don't feel any trust that when they're an opposition team or an attacker down the right wing that hit we will defend that well that's why i think moot come bringing him out of the limelight for the next few games and bring back murray wallace might be the uh wise option so that's my take on it and I just want to finish up with um, tremendous. I went down to see the, unreli, the revealing of the of the sign and the road, and it was a lovely gesture. Well done, Millwall Football Club. Okay, and you know what? The John Belson Way will be. I've even stuck it in my Google Maps now, just so that I can drive there, and I will. Um, it was such a fitting tribute for a wonderful man. So we move on, off to. Uh, off to hole. It's going to be tough, but then every game at the moment is tough, and we just need to ensure that we can put in the effort and get something out. Because as I said, February is a minging month, but we'll all be there. And we'll all be cheering them on. So come on, you lions! I'm going to nick minging fixtures as a new my new catchphrase, Matt. I like that one. I haven't used that word for a long time. Minging, good one. 
Um, big thank you to the two Matts, Matt Richards and Matt Webb there. Um, yeah, I mean, I can't disagree with much of what the two boys are saying. It, it, it reflects, I think, the consensus across the show. Um, Joe Bryan's an interesting um, character in some ways because I think he's a, both a very good forward-looking player and like oh, you often find in a modern game, um, good forward uh, defenders but not very good defending defenders. So um, it's a strange, strange truth in the modern game. So anyway, big thank you to everyone that's contributed to the show this week. Um, I think we're reaching the end of the line now, but I'm going to finish off with, uh, before we go to Bobby BT, our final message on this week's show, I'm going to give you the answers to our two Pundit Games questions, dear listeners. I asked at the start of today's show, punditgames.co.uk, number one football trivia game. Check it out for your birthday needs over the year ahead. But uh, this is uh, a question from the England Premier League, English Premier League 1990s, a legend on Tyneside, former captain of Newcastle, Moved from Charlton, uh, 300 appearances at St James's Park, 44 goals, was in the PFA team at a year. It is, of course, Rob Lee, Robert Lee. Um, and the other question, which I think is pretty straightforward, in my humble opinion, a championship specialist, a huge front man, lethal in the air, Brighton and Crystal Palace fans will testify. He now works as a pundit for Sky TV and held the, champ- the record for championships goals scored in one season. It is, of course, Glenn Murray. Glenn Murray, dear listeners, check out punditgames.co.uk for your football quiz, uh, trivia board games for the uh, summer ahead. So we're going to close out the show today. Big thank you to everyone for con- contributing. Big thank you to Bobby BT for this final message. I will be back with you, dear listeners, um, with, a, with a contribution after the whole game on Saturday. So until then, from me, Nick Hart, it's Arriva Dirty Mill. We'll close with Bobby BT. Good afternoon, Nick. Bobby T here. I'm just saying this before. I'm on South Bermondsey platform and I've just seen the team news. Tatanga, yes. I, sorry for my language. How the fuck we go from losing 2 0 to QPR and Savin and Denor on the bench and our striker, who we just signed, on the bench not starting and Nisbet just don't get it take care Nick enjoy the game fuming good evening Nick Hart this is Bobby T as you can hear my voice deflated anyway I messaged you earlier on when I got to the station and I saw the um, team line up and um, not fuming but after the QPR result you would have thought like changed the team it didn't even start with Michael Obafembi whatever his name is like, the guy's quick hot. Anyway, so yeah, let's get back to the game. Frustrated again. Two points dropped. First half for now. Okay, let's go start five minutes on the clock. Yes, I, I have criticised Fleming a lot and all that. And I'm going to say today, yeah, he tried in moments. I mean, yeah, did you see his touch on 30-minute water touch? My son would have scored that header, free header. Anyway, I had to calm down. So, so I I said to everyone around me, let's calm down. 1-0, you know, same on Millwall. Let's, you know, first half night we were amazing. Like, Tatanga, right? The back four of Millwall, right? Tatanga, Champions League winner. Wesleyanio, um, Joey, Joey Bryan, solid left back. Our back four for the first half an hour were, up to scratch, amazing. And Brooke Norton Cuffey, magical in the first half, yeah? This is all in the first 30 minutes. Just like Middlesbrough at home again. Did we shot ourselves in the foot, though, in 33 minutes? Um, was it Joe Bryan's mistake? No, apparently it was Tatanga. What happens? Shot a foot in itself again. Yeah, sorry, Nick. Yeah, so where was that? 30-minute mark. Um, the goal. 
against Iran are play their only shot on target. Right, so that really got to me when Tatanga made the mistake and all that, and they got the only shot on target. So I'm thinking to myself, here we go again, same old Millwall. And you know what, Honeyman, Honeyman, half done path, he played really well, and I think it's a red card to be honest with you. Took him off, obviously, but he's him and Billy Mitchell are keeping not to know out of the side, and Savile, because let's be honest now, they came on. Uh, was it, I don't know, 60-minute mark? And they changed the game, both of them. Did you see Denor's... Um, sorry, did you see Denor, Casper Denor's first touch? The through ball, beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Them two have to be in the starting lineup. As the game finished, that should be the starting lineup. Joey, Joey Edwards, again, Nick, you, know, you were on top of the stand. I was there. I'm frustrated because you know why? Micah Obafembi, whatever he is, 15 minutes he gets. The guy was really hot when he came on. I want to see Fleming now, up front now, with Michael Obafembi. I think I'm saying it right. But, again, Joey Edwards got it wrong. He should have started Sav and Denor. Full stop. Should have started them. Nisbet is at two chances. We're not going to get onto him. This was his last chance to loon. And for me, I'm sorry. Again, League One, Scottish League One player... He's just had chances anyway. Did you see as soon as Michael before came on? How quick he is. He's got to start the next game. We've got two different away games now, um, Nick. And then we will faithful. Two points dropped today. Really upset. I'm really down, heartbeated there. Referee should be sacked full stop. I mean that. Um, Ginger, I'm not going to swear on here. And Ramona Essay, second half, we're all crying out for him to play yet. And I'm not, I'm, I'm, this is not criticising him because he's a great, uh, upcoming, uh, talented. But he's doing fancy tricks on the ball in the half line, step overs at the wrong time. Dilly dallying with the ball. Attack defenders. I mean, people are going to say he changed the game and all that because he's came on and we're all shocked. We're happy, yeah. But he didn't like Nick. He, Nick, he didn't like run at them. He just started doing step overs. I think he thinks he's Cristiano Ronaldo. But I think um, to go out alone would suit him. Man of the match, Fleming. Guys, what are you watching? I thought Joey Brown had a solid game until his mistake, whatever. I mean, Cuffy obviously disappeared second half. Not Fleming. Um, oh, I don't know. Sartich, I don't know. Anyway, going forward now, QPR win tomorrow is six. So for me, this is not even nail by This is 18. We've got... There's still 18 games to go, but today should have been a win, and it wasn't. Um, next two away games now are tough. Uh, Michael, um, say Michael, uh, Michael of FMB has got to start both away games, and let's pray Huddersfield win tomorrow. And yeah, sorry, minute. The last thing I'm going to say: it was a game of two halves. The referee was shocking. Um, for me now, two points dropped, and I just don't really know where to go from here. I'm deflated now. Ipswich is going to be hard. Hull away and Coventry away. So, two points drop at the den. Um, John Barron saw a lovely, um, a beautiful road and all that name after him. And, yeah, that's my weekend. I wouldn't say ruined, but really upset, really. And I just think Jared's got it wrong now. So, Sav's got to start next game. And Denor, um Danny Mac, obviously. Tatanga's Champions League, we all know that. And he had a bit of a bad second half.
But the first half, our back four looked good, but one shot on target, Preston. They didn't deserve the draw. Good night. Bye for now. Come on, you Lions. Achtung. Millwall. No 